Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. Today's guest went on a tour with a bicycle for over two and a half years. She met new people, old friends, new friends along the way, and she completed her tour just before the shutdown when she was about to turn 50. And we have Susan with us from Leicester, England. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very curious to share your story. Two and a half years is definitely um, a long time. Not long enough, though. I didn't want to come back after me. Right, right, right. So let's start with, like, what inspired you to get started on this? And did you plan for it to be two and a half years or did it just evolve to that? It it evolved to two and a half years. So it was meant to be two years. Initially, the plan was two years, but it was just um, over... So about 10 years ago, I, bought, I got back into cycling and um, started to cycle with cycle groups, um, social cycling groups. So they'd wait for me at the top of a hill and um, got into leading rides. So and also got into touring as well. So touring in the UK and touring in, in England and then I mean, touring in France. And then one of my friends, um, she said to me, she actually suggested, she said, why don't you go cycle touring? Because there was somebody in our group who was going on a round the world tour and another friend suggested me to me why don't you join her and at the time I was just like what about my cat and also my mum but Mm -hmm. um, my cat's in a really nice home and um, she doesn't like me when she sees me now Mm -hmm. but um, it was also very much it made me realize it was it was a great suggestion because at the time I'd I'd not thought about it. I'd not considered it. I did have a touring bike and I was doing all of these tours. And it's, I think it's, it's easy to get into a rhythm where you're doing the same thing and don't actually realise actually you can make a change. So it was, it was something that really was suggested by a friend. And I suppose over a period of years, I'd built up sort of like the courage to go from cycling with a group to just cycling around the countryside where I live on my own to then cycle touring with groups and then cycle touring in the UK um, and organising cycle tours in France over the years. So it was, a, it was a gradual, yeah, it was gradual. And I mean, it was back in 2015 that I actually announced to everybody, I'm going to take my bike on around the world tour and so one of the reasons for doing that is because the whole idea absolutely scared me um but also if I tell everybody then I've actually got to follow follow through with it um Mm. as well um so it actually took me um 
two years to prepare so I didn't leave until 2017 and that and when I was leaving it was quite funny because a lot of people thought I'd just given up on the idea so looking back it meant to say that I could if you know at the time I was like no I've got to go I've got to go because um, I've told everybody um, that I was going to go and I don't want egg on my face when in reality everybody just thought that I wasn't going um, so but anyways it's it's good that um, I went so I didn't leave until two years later because just sorting everything out decluttering everything getting everything ready um just took me a lot longer than what i thought it would do so what was that like preparing the two years that you were preparing what type of preparations did you do um i i had to get well i was working part-time at at the time when i first made that decision so i had to get a full-time job so that that would help with with my savings so it meant to say that i just moaned about the fact that i was working full-time to everybody but that was just that was just me (laughs) but um (laughs) but um it was also because I think I'd I'd lived in my house for about 20 years and it was just it was really cathartic because it was decluttering everything because um it was getting my house ready so that it could be rented out and it was just going through everything and coming across stuff that I'd had for like that I'd carried with me since I was 18 like for the nearly you know the past 30 years that I didn't really need I didn't have but I just kept it just in case so that was a really good experience because it made me realise that I'd been holding on to so many things um, that I didn't really need um, and that I'd just been carrying around with me. When I, I think about some of the things from 18, so I would have, oh, I came across um, a cast of my teeth that the dentist gave me when I was 18. Wow. Yeah. And so that meant to say that I would have had it all through university, all through all the moves that I've had, I've had this cast. And it's like, why have I kept that? Um, so it was it was good with that, um, just sorting things out. Um, and it was interesting doing all the preparation reading at the time not really knowing where I was going to go what I was going to do so a lot of my time was maybe spent reading other people's blogs um, or books to see what people were doing and that that was interesting because it was like thinking okay as well as getting myself physically prepared for this I need to get myself mentally prepared for that and setting myself up to like think okay I'm gonna have to have days where I'm just gonna be in the saddle all day riding all day and day or night etc reading other people's blogs this was like what it was all all about so it did sound also although it it was um exciting it was also the maybe the physical arduous side to it as well that mm. um was involved in the in the research or so but that that thinking about it looking back now was was really 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 interesting because I learned a lot about I learned a lot about that about my myself and um, expectations as well. Um, mm. That was that was really 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 interesting as well. So, yeah. And so, how did you decide where to start and where to go while you were in that planning phase? Like, what what was like the trigger that made you decide this is it? This is where I'm going to start. This is where I want to go. Like, how did that come about? Uh, so, um, I as I was saying, I was doing all of the research and one of the well-trodden um, uh, paths, and there's there's so many routes that are quite well-trodden by cycle tourists, so I thought I would I would do that. That was the initial idea. I mean, like, I didn't do the beginning of um, this well-trodden one. So the well-trodden one is Alaska down to Ushuaia. I, I'm, I pronounced that wrong. I'm really sorry. Um, so starting all the way in the 
in Alaska and going all the way down um, through Canada, United States, uh, Central America, and all the way down to the bottom of South America. And that's quite um, a really well popular, well known one. And But then it was also looking into it and realising that Alaska is quite difficult to get to. And especially, say, um, with the visa that I would have gone, gone on, it would have been it would have been having to try and apply for a visa, which um, which would have made it dif- difficult. So, for example, in the U- um, with a British passport, I can um, go to the United States um, for three months, and it's it's an easy application. Whereas if I'd started in Alaska, I would have needed a six month visa. So that would have been a consideration. It would have been mm. a lot. Um, and Alaska is so much harder to get through to. And also, I think as a start point that might have been quite a difficult difficult start point as well because going through Alaska and all the way through Canada so I I made it a little bit easier at the start and started off in Vancouver because the, I, I was told that the west coast of Canada was absolutely um, beautiful and gorgeous mm. and so I thought I'd start on the west coast there and then go through the, um, then do the west coast of the US and then get all the way down to the bottom of, of Argentina also so I thought I'd go for that and especially it was choosing countries that I'd never been to as well, as well. So I've been to um, Canada numerous times as I have relatives in um, Toronto, but I've never been to the West Coast. Um, and I've been to America numerous times, but I've, um, there's the countries in Central America and South America I've never, ever been to. So that was another thing where I thought, let me try and explore somewhere that I've never been to either as well. So that, mm. was, that was my plan initially um, also as well. So, yeah. So that first start of your trip, was it as you had planned or expected? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) When I think about it now, it was, it was really, really, I have to, okay. So it was really difficult. It was really, really difficult. Um, My expectations were totally different because um, prior to that, uh, my experience of touring was touring in the UK and touring in France, as I've said. And I've done those other tours that have been organised by by groups. So like I've, I've cycle toured in Cuba or Jordan or and Finland, where they also carry your your bags for you, and they also skip all the long the long bits that look the same. And so arriving in Canada on on the west coast. I didn't expect I, my my expectations were totally different. So here in England, I can cycle for twenty minutes, and the scenery's changed. I've gone from one town, and I'm in a little village. Then another twenty minutes, I'm in another village. I'm in another mm. village. I'm in another village. And so Vancouver, cycling out of Vancouver, um, I really enjoyed. And going along the Sunshine Coast and hopping over onto Vancouver Island. Um, as it's more densely populated, um, I, I was okay with that initially. My struggle with it was, I think, when I cycled the Icefield Parkway, um, going through the Rockies, which was beautiful, really, really beautiful, and I did feel like a total philistine during it. But mm-hmm. um, because you've got you've got you know all the turquoise lakes and um, the um, mountains and the di- you know the snow-capped mountains in the distance, but I struggled with the fact that the scenery didn't change, and so I would be going down um, 
the same road for days on end and I would really struggle with the same scenery every day and so I did feel like a real sort of Philistine because I also met other cycle tourists who loved the nature and I was just like but I'm really not enjoying this this really isn't this really isn't me um and so I was it was 2017 and when I was in When I was there, it was maybe about July, August, and it was when the forest fires started Mm. and it was getting really, really, really bad. Um, And I was at one. So I'd gotten to the bottom of the Icefield Park Parkway, um, I think. And I'm trying to remember where I was, but it was just getting it was just getting really, really bad on my my chest. I I was just like thinking it was getting really smoky. um, uh, There'd be say it would rain there'd be uh, thunder and lightning and that would start more fires and I got into a place called Golden and I just thought no this me cycling in this smoke isn't doing me any good and it was also and the smoke and the fire was a good way for me to like say I need to change that I need to change mm. and I need to do something different and um, I had friends in the US and I thought maybe I need to um, head towards the US and um do do the west coast of, of the US and um see how I get on there or so. And so I was in Golden, I um chucked my bike bike on a Greyhound or so and um got to Vancouver and then repeated a bit of the journey that I did again. But this is where it all this is where it all changed for me as well, especially because um the journey before that I'd done, because it was so much more uh, sparsely populated, there were less people. Um, but as I was going to areas where it was more densely populated, there were more warm showers hosts, for example. Mm. And so this was where it changed, where I started meeting more people who lived in the country. And I got to learn a lot more about the people in the country. Um, and I met a few of the cycle tourists the, along the way. And I realised that that was more what my journey was about, um, actually meeting the people along along the way. And the, the scenery is part and parcel of it. But for me personally, I couldn't just do um, scenery and not chat and have a little chit chat with and people. And not the people, so, right? The people yes. became important. So did you, yes. so did you have to um, adjust, I guess, your expectations or even give yourself grace for you know, understanding that your mindset around it was changing along the journey? Or was it sort of hard to really say, well, you know, being in nature, being private is really great for some people, but I, I like the people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, no, I was, I was easy on myself. And I, I realized, I realized that um, it was the people that I needed. And, and I mm. think initially at the start, when I was saying to you, reading other people's blogs, and it was a whole realisation that reading other people's blogs and listening to what other people had done with their journeys had maybe given me expectations that um, I wasn't going to match because you can read what other people do, but they're not you. And it's all about making this journey what you want it want it to be. So as I was like saying, I just had visions that, yeah, I'll be cycling every day, 100 miles or so and um, get into the campsite and pitching my tent, um, doing this, doing that, getting up the next day at the crack of dawn at six o'clock, leaving leaving the the campsite at six, 6.30, which never, ever happened. I'd wake up at six, but I wouldn't necessarily leave till about nine o'clock or yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> and 
um, I realised that that was that was more me. Um, and I, I started to give myself a rule where I would try not to do too too much. So um, my longest I, longest journey that I ever did was six, 62 miles, I think, ever. But my goal was always, let me try and do 30 miles or 20 miles or 40 miles, because then that just also took the pressure off me trying to get from A to B, meant to say that I could meet people on the way and chit chat to them. And um, I could just take in the scenery um, as well and just take my time and things like yeah. that. So yeah, I, I love it. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's important for us, you know, in this storytelling platform that we're using as part of your story to realize that our, our you know, what we think is going to happen when we start to plan. And this is always the way, right? Is it, it mm-hmm. turns out to be something different. And and you being easy on yourself, and I like the way that you said that, being easy on yourself as you adjusted is super important because mm-hmm. sometimes we, you know, we set goals and expectations and it can be really hard and take some of the joy away. So be easy on yourself. I, I really like that. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And so, yes, yeah. And so that's when I started enjoying it more and just meeting people and um, warm showers, as I say was great and it it was interesting at first just because people's hospitality um absolutely astounded me and I was absolutely amazed where um people would say I'm not going to be in at that time but the keys at such and such a place or the back doors open and you can just Mm -hmm. go in and do that and I would be just absolutely amazed that people would do that and the reasons why people would host host um a cycle tour is because they're bringing the world into their their home for example and they they maybe don't have the opportunity to travel so they get to find out more about other people from around the world and their children get to find out more about the people around the world um by it by hosting cyclists and my favorite one was meeting somebody who wasn't a cyclist but he said i like hosting cyclists because they're just so much more interesting than backpackers so mm. i really liked i really liked that one as well yeah so. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. I know that when we first spoke, you mentioned that you said that a lot of the the hosts that you mm. stayed with had really fascinating reasons for why they hosted. And you mm. know, keep keep going. Tell us a little more because I think I mean, that you know we do talk to a lot of touring cyclists mm. on the show and, and a handful of hosts as well. But I think it's always really interesting to hear like what your experience was with the hosts that had you know they had things to share with you that impacted you. Oh, yes. I mean, um, and I've heard from somebody the other yesterday, actually, um, who hosted me. He was he's from Vietnam. He lives in Ho Chi Minh and he messaged me yesterday. But I was really impressed with his reason for hosting. So he was early 20s. He lived with his mum and dad and teenage brother and he was into cycling. And he said to his mum and dad, I'm going to cycle around the world. And his mum and dad were like, 
nobody does that. People don't do that. They'd never heard of people doing that. So he, that's how come he started hosting. It was his way of saying to his mum and dad, actually, yeah, people do cycle around the world and we're going to host them. And mm. so um, that was one of his reasons for doing it. And so they started to meet people who were traveling around the world and they were like, okay. So he did go cycling around South- Southeast Asia, for example. So that was one of his reasons, his reasons for, um, for doing it as well. Um, and obviously some people host um, because they've cycled toured so that they can, they can give back to the people who hosted them, them mm. previously as well and I mean I learned so much from some of my hosts and uh, some of my hosts I'm, yeah quite a few of my hosts I'm still in touch with and um, I actually went back to the States twice on my journey and it was really nice because I went back and and visited a couple of the people that I stayed with the first time round. Ah, that's amazing. Well, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, and like, the, oh, there was like there was one one couple that I stayed with the second time round, and I only stayed like I, about two nights because I didn't want to overstay my welcome. And then at the end of it, I was like, I wish I was staying longer because it just feels so comfortable. Um, and they they were great because I remember when I was staying with them. This was in um, just outside. Portland and Oregon and it was set to rain for the next five days and I was only meant to stay for one night and they said you might as well stay for the next five days and wait until the weather until the weather's, the weather's dry and then just carry on carry on on your way and I was just amazed at people's flexibility and um, to be so kind to to do something and to say something like that to somebody who they've never ever met before um at all and it was just yeah so i was just blown away by people's kindness it's 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 really amazing in this community how um it brings the world together we bring the world together in in amazing ways so tell us where you went like let's let's have the higher level summary so so okay so you you came down to the very bottom of south america and then where did you go so actually, no, my whole plan changed. All oh. my plans changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, my as I was saying, everything changed. Um, so I, um, after Canada, I went into the US and I did the West, I did the West Coast. So Washington, Oregon, um, in California. Oh, actually in Oregon, um, I had this brainwave um, because I have some friends who live just outside San Francisco and I know them from university so they are from the US and they came to the UK for a one year um, at university they did an exchange like nearly 30 years ago mm. and um, so when I was in Oregon I had this brainwave and I rang up one of my mates back home in the UK and says I've got an idea why don't we all just meet up with all of them um, in California for a long weekend or so. So we had this like reunion where it was the first time we'd been together, I think in like 28 years or so. So this is, this is, yeah. So this is where everything, everything, um, started to change a lot. So, um, but also, as I was saying, I was in the U S in, uh, 2017 when there were the forest fires as well. And I was on the West coast in Oregon and finding myself, um, and I was in somewhere called Guadalajara and meeting a chap in, um, 
at the campsite and the, the f- smokes w- smoke was really bad and he was about in his 70s and we caught we actually and I, I we actually hitched hike from Guadalajara to San Francisco and that yeah which I'd never ever done before and I was really surprised to be able to do it with my bicycle and mm. all my gear or so but yes I um so carrying on I, I got all the way down to San Diego well I got all the way down to San Diego and my plans changed because I thought let me yeah let me go somewhere different so 20 odd years ago i also taught maths and science in the south pacific in a place called tonga and for years i'd always sat at my desk at work wondering what happened to my students what happened to the country um what happened to all my friends that i had and so part way through the us i thought i'm going to go there and have a look so my plans changed so i got to san diego and i flew to um new zealand and so I ended up cycling in the south coast of New Zealand, the South Island of New Zealand, which is somewhere where I'd really wanted to go to. I also again met up with people that I hadn't seen in years as well. So people that I knew from Tonga who were now living in New Zealand. So um, that that was great. But also I got to cycle in the South Island, which I'd never done, which I'd always wanted to go to and have a look at. So I did New Zealand. And then I went back to Tonga and had a look at Tonga, met all my students. And my, mm. it was great meeting my students. They were like, you look exactly the same, just not as fast <laughs> as you were last time. <laughs> but they fed me. So they were telling me, they were like, you arrived so skinny when you first came and then you just got fatter. And I was like, yeah, because everybody in Tonga fed me when I was yeah. there the first yeah. time. So so I'd, I'd had this big plan to go and spend time. My first week I spent in Tonga meeting people. Everybody was inviting me around and then my second week I was actually there during the worst hurricane ever that Tonga had had in 60 years so I luckily was only there for for the two weeks I then went to Australia and again met up with people that I hadn't seen in years because a lot of people from Tonga emigrated to Australia as well Mm. and then I ended up in Southeast Asia right the Southeast Asia was never ever 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 on on my planet was part of the world that I'd not ever thought of going to and I ended up spending such a long time there. So I went to Singapore, um, Malaysia, Thailand, um, Indonesia, um, Cambodia, Vietnam. I I ended up teaching in uh, Thailand. I ended up teaching English and, and science in Thailand, which wasn't anything that I planned. Um, I just yeah, I managed, I, for whatever reason, I had copies of my um, qualifications. I ended up doing a teach English as a foreign language course and ended up teaching in a, a primary school in, in Thailand. Um, I went to Indonesia, to, um, I went to Indonesia and met somebody in Indonesia who invited me to her home in Sumatra, which is a different part of um, Indonesia. And she took me, showed me around Sumatra and showed me places that there were no tourists, et cetera, and things like that. And Amazing. Yes, it was, it was, it was. Amazing. It was. And then um, after after South, Southeast Asia, I went to Taiwan, which was fantastic. And South Korea, the food was amazing there. Um, before finally heading home via the US, um, Portugal and Spain and getting home on the 14th of February, 2020. Wow. So you arrived home after this two and a half year long, epic life-changing experience. And I'm, you know, you were a different person 
when yes. you landed back home. And then the whole world became different in a very short period of time. Yes. What was it like reintegrating back into society when we began the beginning of the pandemic? <laughs> it was, oh, not having... so. It was interesting. It was interesting. It was interesting because obviously my plan was, and, and like with everybody else's, at first we didn't really think it was going to come to come to us because the UK locked down on the twenty second of March, and um, it, I was making my initially when I arrived. The plan was to come get my my fiftieth birthday presents and um, have my party, and and then leave. And so I was making all these plans and thinking I'll do this, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden, obviously the country locked down. But then I also it, the other thing was that I it, I felt very fortunate that I got that experience as mm-hmm. well before leaving. So I felt really so. Although mm-hmm. I was not having the freedom that I had before, I felt very fortunate that I did have that freedom as well. Did you get to have a birthday party for turning fifty? On Zoom, on Zoom, I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, and I was really gutted because um, I'm quite competitive, and I think my brother had three parties for his fiftieth. My sister had two, and I had mine on Zoom. On <laughs> Zoom, I, I, I think you're due for a great big party. I mean, maybe Definitely. it's fifty-one or fifty-two, you know, but you know that just means that you need to have like six parties because like three for fifty, three for fifty-one, whatever it's year true. you do it, you need three parties. So it's if true. your brother and sister are listening, you know, you can tell them that Taver Lee says you should have several <laughs> birthday parties. You're still owed some parties. I am. I am definitely so true. So true. <laughs> Listen, Susan, I appreciate you so much. Your mm. your sharing of your story and the flexibility in your travels and just mm. the joy that we can feel from your experiences and this transformation is it impacts all of us. And I know the first time we met, I was really I was definitely really taken by your experience with the people and that part of your journey. It's it's really it's really wonderful that you came on to share this with us. No, thanks. Thanks very much for letting me share it. And I hope it inspires other people to plan their adventure wherever that that is. Also, it might just be the next town or city. But yeah. yeah. And be easy on yourself if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to exactly. go. Exactly. Because yeah. it's still an adventure. As well. Yeah. So what's next? Um, at the moment, um, I'm not traveling anywhere at the moment. My, my new adventure is and I ha- yes, is teaching people to ride bicycles. So I've become a cycle coach. I had my first session yesterday where I was teaching a group of 10 women um, how to ride a bicycle. And it's just been amazing, that absolute joy um, at getting on a bicycle. Some, there's one woman in her mid-70s who all her life has wanted to ride a bicycle. Mm. Um, and so, and just the enthusiasm um as well so that's that's my my new adventure at the moment just getting more more people on bikes i love it and now they're gonna live through you by learning your experiences your wisdom and your knowledge so you're passing it forward in so many ways yes 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 definitely well thank you susan do you have social media that you would like to invite anybody to follow or visit you at Yes, so um, I am on social media. It's 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 the I'm Surly Susan on Instagram, as in like Surly Longhaul Trucker, and um, but if you just Google me, you'll find my website Susan Doram, so D O R A M for mother, and you'll you'll find me um, in dif- on, on my website, and you'll find my social media there as well. Find out. We more. will link that in the show notes for anybody that's listening. 
Thank you. Well, thank you again, Susan. This has been such a pleasure. I feel like I've gone on a journey with you and uh, it's amazing. So thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and have a good afternoon. Thank you. Yes. And everybody listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bike Life. And if you loved this show, please share it. It helps us reach more people and inspire more people. So you can share it via email or on your social media. We always welcome your, um, your comments and feedback as well. So thank you for listening and we will be back. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.